As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, looks like we are live. What up, guys? What's going on? Uh, wild, wild day. Uh, the room is filling up. Uh, I'm Jimmy Durkin. We've got Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Tashawn Reed. will join us shortly. I mean... Vic and I are, are sitting here kind of, kind of reliving our stories of uh, that, that, that Raider fans, I'm sure, will be reliving for years of where they were when they got the news that the Raiders had, in fact, traded for Devontae Adams. Um, I texted Vic and Tashad. Vic, Vic thought I got duped by a fake account. Um, I, I immediately ditched my kids. I was playing basketball in the backyard with them. They, they were wondering where the hell I went. Uh, I mean, just this is it's one of those trades that, and the rumors had been out there for all the, you know, oh, they would love to play together. And, and um, fans have been going crazy. Come on, just go get Devontae. Go get Devontae. And here it happens. Um, Devontae Adams is really going to come to Las Vegas. He is really going to be Derek Carr's teammate. Uh, just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, once Rodgers, you know, got his deal, I think everyone, myself included, assumed that obviously Adams is back with him. I think they were, you know, playoff contender. I think they were going to match whatever offer he was getting. That's it. That they would have paid him whatever the Raiders were going to pay him. So basically, you know, he chose uh, his buddy Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers, which I did not see happening. But uh, yeah, it's a game changer. It's it's a huge. Maybe now I guess we can look back at maybe tomorrow and biggest trades ever in the franchise history. It's got to be top two or three right, right away. I would think I have to look at it, but it's huge. Biggest trade <laughs> since Randy Moss. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but. Uh, did, did Adams have a no-trade clause in his contract? So, like, did he get to choose where he would go? Like, the, the Packers couldn't just trade him anywhere? Well, I mean, his contract was up, and he was franchise-tagged. Um, oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, he wasn't yeah. really – you know, they had control over him, but he wasn't really under contract, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't right. know if his – I don't know if his prior deal that expired after last season, I don't know if that had a, had a no-trade clause um, – but uh, obviously, a no trade clause would not be in any kind of impetus here. Uh, if if they ask him, do you, will you waive it to go to the Raiders? Uh, he, he would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering. Good. I was, I was wondering because the compensation, you know, is it a first round and a second round, which isn't crazy when you're thinking about the top receiver in the league. Obviously, the contract uh, came into play when it comes to his his value. But you know, you think about you know, the Seahawks trading two first-round draft picks for Jamal Adams, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I was wondering, just because the, uh, the compensation is pretty, I think, good in, in favor of the Raiders. Yeah, I think, like, part of that is, you know, I think a lot of teams, you know, kind of assume, like we did, that, you know, with Rodgers resigning, that that meant Adams is going to be back with the Packers. And so maybe some teams that needed a receiver, they already filled one, they already made these big signings, they took up their cap space or um, – made other trades and then use some of their, their draft pick assets. So um, I think it kind of caught the league off guard and that probably contributed to the Raiders, you know, getting him for what I think is, is pretty good value, um, you know, more so than him, you know, having a, uh, I guess he could, you know, leverage it and say that he, he wouldn't, you know, sign a long-term deal. Uh, let's say he was traded to like, you know, some bottom of the barrel team. He's like, well, I'm, not, I'm just going to not resign with you guys um, if you trade two first round picks to get me. So maybe it factored into that, but 
However, it shook out. Obviously, it doesn't really matter now. He's he's a Raider and um, surprised us all. Um, you know, people have been going at us all all week on Twitter and especially today. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams. And I, kept, I kept blowing it off. It didn't even like cross my mind for a second. So uh, definitely shocking. But um, you know, as as Vic wrote and I kind of alluded to a little bit, it really just just changes everything about the trajectory of this team. I mean, on the low, like people from Green Bay were saying, like this wasn't going to happen. They weren't going to trade Adams. So, I mean, there, there were so many signs pointing to Adams re-signing with the Packers that this was just like a, I mean, I was driving, I was driving and then I think my girlfriend was on Twitter and she, she's, she told me, and I, I told her to double check, make sure that's a real account. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's a, it's a stunning. All right, let's get to the, let's get to the people, man. People want to talk yeah. to us. Anthony Q, you're going to be first up on the stage. What's going on, Anthony? Anthony. There, you there? You there, Anthony? I think there's always like a little bit of delay. There, there you we go. go. Yeah. I think he's there. How you guys doing? What are you Good. drinking? What's in, what's in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't even know. I don't even know, man. I don't even know where to start. It's ridiculous. I mean, how, how could we even have imagined this? The last time we had this thing, uh, I was asking you, Vic. I was the first guy. I was the first guy last time we did this. And I was like, man, do you think we're – because you wrote an article around that time asking or questioning whether Ziegler and McDaniels would tie themselves to Carr and – now we're here, and Devontae Adams is a is a Raider. It's crazy. Yeah, um, they will now for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I think it's a lock, right? Um, so, I mean, there's an arms race right now, right, in the West. So, I mean, where where do we think we stand versus? I mean, it's it's so early. They they got to do more stuff on the interior line. They got to do linebacker work. You know, I I read your article before this, and it was great, Vic. You too, Sean. It was great. Thanks. Your article. Um, but I mean, what, what do we think? I mean, how, how are they stacking up against them? Just, just quick reactions. Where are you guys at? Thank you guys again. Appreciate it. Yeah, like well, I said, I mean, it's you know, it's it's tough this far out because you know all these teams, you know, they have holes still that they're obviously going to make efforts to fill right. throughout the rest of free agency in the draft. But I think just right now, just kind of looking at you know the major contributors for all four teams, I think you have to put them right in the mix as a team that could you know, realistically, you know, compete for, you know, the divisional crown. I mean, they're coming off of winning 10 games last year. Um, and I would say we would already, you know, agree that they've improved this year. Um, obviously, there's other elements to it. You know, Josh McDaniels implementing a new scheme. Patrick Graham doing the same on the defensive side of the ball, building out more depth. But, uh, you know, I think the Chiefs just are, are naturally always going to get that, that edge as a team that, you know, has gone to the AFC Championship game four times in a row. But, um, it doesn't seem like a you know a long shot that the Raiders could could find themselves being at the top of the division at the end of this. Guys, yeah, guys yeah, breaking I mean, news! Breaking news! Hold on one quick second. Magic Johnson tweets: This makes the trade. Oh my god! Oh, good lord! <laughs> the Raiders made a huge all caps trade and acquired Devontae Adams from the Packers. I'll be going to a lot of Raiders and Rams games next season. That makes the trade official. <laughs> wow! Yeah. We're here, guys. We're here. He tweeted. Um, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks, Anthony. All right. Does anybody disagree uh, with get, that, though? I mean, like, does, does anybody else think they're not, like, you know? Well, I mean, the last place division in this team is going to be really good, whoever that is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think their offense is elite. I mean, they have to add a tackle, I think, which is shouldn't be that hard now that you have all the other guys around them. So I think it's just some good guys left from the free agent market. You got to add a tackle. You got to add a safety. And then uh, it's a patchwork of other, other places. But the foundation is definitely there, I think, for being uh, a really good team. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what the Raiders did this offseason, you know, no matter what you think about Josh McDaniels as a head coach, they added a top five play caller. They added the best receiver in football. They added one of the top pass rushers to back, to, uh, to pair with Max Crosby. And they added one of the youngest hot, you know, defensive coordinators. So that's pretty good. Um, obviously, the, the Raiders going to go against two – um, blue chip quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes and uh, Justin Herbert, um, but you know you don't have to win. You don't have to win a division, division. I'm not saying they won't, but I'm saying you don't have to win a division to make the playoffs. Um, so I mean, I think they just you know upgraded their team 
immensely in the off season. And um, yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time. Uh, more people, more people. Less us, All more right. people. Colton L. Colton L., you're on the stage. Hey, guys. Hey, Am I there going? yet? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I'm on board. Thanks for selecting me, guys. So a few quick thoughts. Um, first of all, Dave Ziegler's already a legend. I mean, he literally <laughs> brought us two <laughs> Hall of Famers in two days. I mean, I'm a 36-year Raider fan. I'm not used to good things like this. I mean, this is insane. And uh, what else can you say? Um, but Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams, I don't even feel this is real. It's still sinking in. But obviously, we still have a lot of work to do. But what a phenomenal job. And as far as the Packers, you know, this is obviously their fault because they should have paid Devontae a year ago. He showed up and balled out anyway, being severely underpaid. And, of course, all the games they played with Aaron Rodgers, um, we were just lucky enough to be able to force their hand with the Carr and Devontae connection. And next thing you know, and by the way, I want your guys' take real quick on the compensation because, look, we pay, we're paying him a ton, and we gave up a first and second round pick. But keep in mind, this is the number 22 and 53 pick. Even the Broncos to get Wilson, I know he's a quarterback, but they have the number nine pick overall. We're giving up a lot less when you really break down that we just landed the best receiver in football. Again, thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate it. Plus, yeah, we, we I mean, the compensation's the, a no-brainer, right? You just you, yeah, we, you don't even think twice. No, nah, plus you look at the history of the Raiders draft picks and you really don't mind <laughs> giving up those two picks. And I just think, obviously, Devontae Adams made the threat. He wasn't going to play under the franchise tag. And people on the outside may have thought it was posturing, but clearly the Packers took it seriously and the Packers had to make a move because now they got to find a receiver somehow to take his place. And um, so, yeah, just um, you know, Derek Carr, all along Derek Carr said, you know, his best friend, he would hook up and no one kind of believed him. But Derek Carr was right. Yeah, I think yeah, compensation-wise, yeah. the best comparison is probably the, the Jalen Ramsey trade since he's a non-quarterback that went for, for two first-round picks a couple seasons ago. Um, and the picks weren't like, uh, you know, top 10 picks. They were like in the 20s range where the, where the Raiders are going to be, you know, picking at or, or we're picking at this year. Um, and, and they didn't even have to give up that. They just give up a first and a second. Um, you know, it still matters. I mean, like they won't, they won't, they, at least right now, they aren't set to make their first pick until the third round. But, you know, if they want to move up in a draft, it should be feasible to swing a trade. And uh, depending on how they structured this deal, they may still have some cap space to, to make a move or two, um, a significant move or two in free agency. So, um, you know, it's still a price, but I think it's more than reasonable for a player of this caliber. Yeah, speaking I mean, if you look, space, keep speaking of cap space, I'll jump in real quick. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the details on Chandler Jones's deal are out now from over the cap. Uh, cap number this year, year year one, seven point eight is all they're gonna get hit with. Uh, they tacked on it's a three year deal, but they tacked on two void years at the end. Uh, so cap hits are gonna be nineteen point four each of the next two years. Then there'll be a four point eight hit in twenty twenty five when when he's off the roster, but only a seven point eight million dollar cap hit this. year year for Chandler Jones. Yeah, I, I think when you look at all most of the Raiders trades in the last, I don't know, five, ten years, every time they made a trade, it was always like, damn, they gave them that much or, you know, if they made a trade, they only got that little. So uh, I, I think that's probably the, the best Raider trade as far as compensation that, you know, I, I've remembered in a, in, a, in a long time. All right, let's uh, bring in Ryan S. Ryan S., you're on the stage. You there, Ryan? Ryan, going once. Going twice. My apologies. My my apologies. (laughs) Ah, I barely. You did. Ah, I, I had already hit the button. When uh, when he started oh, talking, so Ryan, patient, man. It, 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 I told it, you this. Bring him back. Little... Oh man, there, there, there's up. like a delay. So Ryan, uh, jump back in. Here oh. we go, Ryan. Yeah, man. All right, Ryan, we got you back. I think. All right, Ryan, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. It, it logged in under my kids' account, and you know I'm all right. I don't know. I don't oh, know. We got a family subscriber here. <laughs> no, yeah, that's good. Right. For sure. No, I 
got the pleasure of uh, introducing my son to Vic in Kansas City a couple of years ago. Bought you a beer. Really appreciate it. Oh, nice, man. You appreciated your kindness. Um, you guys, I, I'm a diehard since 1972, and uh, my kid's 26. And just a quick story. He says to me about seven, eight years ago, he goes, Dad, you know, I'm all in, but damn, why couldn't you have you picked a better team? You know? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, I just looked at him and I said, it, it's going to be worth it to you when it happens, you know. And, and I just I can't tell you how excited we are today as a family. And just the, the Raiders are putting their big boy pants on and becoming a professional football team, you know. And, and I just think the new regime and congratulations to Mark Davis, right. They um, it, it's just it's a different it's a different Raider organization. And I'm so excited about where we're headed as a team. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Each move is kind of set, set up the next move, like the Jones, you know, signing and then the trade to get a, a good young cornerback back. They kind of upgrade. I mean, Ngakwe was great last year, and they kind of uh, upgrade for him in that spot. And now this happens. So just uh, you have to uh, tip your cap to the job they've done so far this this week. Yeah. yeah so. On the flip side, like, we were very wrong about, like, Devontae Adams not being possible, but also, like, when they didn't do shit the first two days, and like <laughs> me and Vic were cheat, tweeting out like, "Chill out, guys. Just wait. Let's get started." It was like, "Oh, fuck you. I didn't do anything." Ziggler and Daniels are being too patient. Now look, so goes both ways. Yeah, it's like a total opposite approach of what Gruden did when he first got to the Raiders. You know, he got there, traded away Khalil Mack, got a bunch of draft picks, kind of punted away his first year, and um, Ziggler and uh, McDaniel are, are coming in swinging. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. I enjoy all your guys' articles and uh, keep up the great work. Love following you all guys. Right, thanks a lot, bud. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. All right, let's bring in Jordan R. I don't know, is this Jordan Rodriguez? Hi, guys. Oh, oh wow. It's a fan such long time, long time reader, first time caller. Hi. <laughs> Um, this is your second. If we call this a destination, <laughs> this is your second appearance uh, on the show. I'm You've a race fan right now. I'm pissed. But go ahead. Hi, Jordan. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. <laughs> I just, first of all, I have loved uh, y'all's coverage of all of this. As you know, I'm a big fan of all of you guys, even you, Vic, even you. Um, <laughs> but um, you guys know that I'm I'm really into um, studying team building and sort of uh, the the ethos of, of people and teams as they kind of establish themselves in programs. And um, I'm kind of wondering what it, it's obviously such early returns right now, but I'm kind of wondering what's starting to stick out to you guys so far about this group, um, you know, these moves being as aggressive as they are, but also that difference between intentional aggression and sort of like rampant random decisions that seem good in the moment, but maybe don't have that thought. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of because under the Gruden era, like they were very aggressive in the sense of they made a lot of big free agency signings and they used a lot of first round picks. Um, but, you know, it, it, you know, they get critiqued for it because they missed on so many of the picks and signings and it just kind of blew up in their face. But I think the way this one is different is, you know, under Gruden, they were pretty protective of picks like they did. They weren't dealing you know, first round picks. I don't think they did at all under the Gruden era. And you know, come in right away. They, they deal out their first two picks that they would have made, um, you know, with, with this new organization that they're, they're coming in with, with, with Ziggler and, and McDaniels. And so it's kind of a combination of the two from the previous regime of, you know, giving out those big free agency dollars, you know, going and get a Chandler Jones, even if you didn't necessarily need, you know, a pass rusher with, with Unique Ngakwe, but also at the same time, you know, being aggressive with those draft picks and not necessarily, you know, trying to strip the roster down and get a bunch of young guys that you like, but, you know, if there's a veteran player that, that fits your timeline, what you're trying to do, you know, you're, you're being okay giving away your, your day one and day two, and one of your day two picks to go get somebody. So, I, I think they they were always aggressive. Um, it just seems that these moves make a little bit more sense, at least on the surface. On paper, obviously, games haven't been played so far, but they seem to be a little bit more calculated this time around. It seems like they have a plan, right? I mean, yeah. Gruden was a emotional. Like he had he had a, he had a plan on Monday. And then a new plan on Tuesday, a new plan on Wednesday. Like this, you know, they're the moves that like fit together. Like they're actually, you know, they're they're doing things that are supposed to work with each other, not just like, oh, let me make this move and then, and then let me find it, find another move. Plus, it helps a lot with a plan when like Patrick Graham is real tight with Chandler Jones and Derek Carr's best friend with the five. <laughs> <laughs> they worked out pretty well for him. So like, 
I'm like someday I'll use my Jordan Marguerite connection to get it some big time jobs. So it all it all works out. Yeah, I mean it's a small sample size, but it, it kind of shows they have a plan A and a, a plan B. I, I think plan A was they probably were talking to J.C. Jackson, missed out on him, but they still got a blue chip player in Chandler Jones, and then they go out and flip Ngakwe for uh, Rocket Sin, who's a really solid um, corner. So you know, I, I still very small sample size, but I think this regime they're going to swing for. Uh, blue chip players, and it seems like they have a plan A, plan B uh, in, in place in, in case, you know, what they originally were intending to do doesn't quite work out. All right, let's bring another one in. We'll go to Dana F. Dana, you're on the stage. Hey, guys. Uh, hope you can hear me good. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, um, guy, man. It was unbelievable. I'm, I'm like walking out of Dick's Sporting Goods. I just bought my son a baseball bat. I'm going to see a kid that I'm mentoring. I'm feeling really good about myself. And then I hear on the radio, breaking news. I couldn't even believe it. I'm like yelling in my car as I'm driving down the road. I almost forgot that I was out of gas. <laughs> Stop at the gas station. Start talking to the guys on the gas station while I'm filling up. And I didn't even realize I pushed super. <laughs> In this day and age, I'm paying for super. I get, I, I get, I get, it's, it's unbelievable. This is like when this all happened. You know, I was when they when they brought Ziggler in, and you could see there was going to be changes. I thought this was going to be a, uh, I thought it was going to be a teardown. I thought it was going to be a rebuild. But then when I realized that they were content, and, and actually that McDaniel's was coming, and he wanted to be. You want to try to be his quarterback. I believe, okay, let's see what happens. And now, look what happens. You know, uh, watching NFL Network tonight, uh, I get home after doing my thing, and I put on the DVR total access. And the thing that's going to be the greatest about this is there's three weapons that are open immediately at the line of scrimmage. You have to figure out – you can only double one of them. And Derek is the best at getting the ball out quickly. How are, how are they going to stop this offense? Yeah, that's well said. I think if, if Renfro or, you know, or Waller are your, your third option, you have a great offense. I think that – like I said, the coolest thing about this for me, like just the big trade and the reaction is how happy the fans are. Just Because what your fans do is a lot of shit. I mean, over the years, you guys took in some serious kidney blows – you always bounce back. You always show up at games and at home on the road. And so I'm very happy for Raider fans to have this moment today. Yeah, I got this kid. That, uh, I'm 53, so I've been a fan since the early 70s when my stepfather introduced me to it. I had a Mexican stepfather growing up in Southern California and Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett and all the connections. He was a Raider fan, and he brought me in my whole life. And I got this guy that's uh, 26 at my church, and he, I call him my Raider son, and he called me as soon as he found out, and because he's never experienced what it's like to, it's like the guy that uh, was a little earlier, you know, my dad, I wish you picked a better team, you know, <laughs> my stepsons, they can't, they can't be Raiders fans, they look at me like, how do you like this, <laughs> you know, and I live down in Florida, so they don't understand the connection, but, but uh, it's the greatest, and hey, I, I gotta say, you guys, you guys are all the way, you do great articles, and I love the fact that your articles are long and in-depth. You know, we need meat, not babe's milk, and I appreciate the way you guys give us in-depth content, and uh, just thanks so much. Right, Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dana. All right, let's head over to Bobby F. Bobby, you're here, man. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. How good. you doing? Right. Very good, very good. It's a great day to be a Raider. Uh, you know, honestly, like I said, when this new regime came in, you know, and we saw what was going on in the first couple of days, you kind of sensed they were going the New England way, where historically they don't play, you know, pay big, you know, big time contracts. You know, they're just a great team all around. It's frustrating, but we're like, you know what? Let's give this regime a, sh- uh, you know, a shot. But uh, when they came out, you know, strong days shows that. You know, A, they mean business, and I think this contract is actually a product of the move to Vegas because, obviously, Mark, 
the move to Vegas because Mark actually has, you know, a lot more, you know, revenue sources coming in right now that he didn't have in Oakland, you know, sellout stadiums, the suites and all that stuff. So I think this is the beginning of big things to come. Mark Davis, I think, really wants to win. He's trying to win. And, uh, you know, I got faith in Mark and the front office. But like I said, if we could just now get ourselves an offensive lineman, I think the future is bright. Yeah, I think addressing the offensive lineman, because I see a lot of people in chat uh, talking about the right tackle situation. Uh, To me, I I think, you know, when you look at the AFC West and what's happening with all the, the pass rushers in the AFC West now, I, I think it's hard to just rely on and think that Leatherwood's going to make this huge jump at right tackle. I think you, you have to add a veteran right tackle through free agency because now all you have is a third-round draft pick. Uh, I mean, you have your other later-round picks, but it's, it's hard to say I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to pick a uh, starting right tackle you know, in a third round or, or later. Uh, so I, I think the Raiders need to add a, a right tackle. I don't – you know, maybe – I think Trent Brown might be too expensive – um, but a guy like Billy Turner or, or Cannon, depending on his health, uh, would be uh, would be a good fit. But I, I think you kind of pin yourself in, and you, you have to add a, a right tackle to the free agency at some point. And have they have they mentioned at all how much of this contract is guaranteed? Um, no, I don't think we have. Vic, I don't think either, either one of us have any details on that. Yeah, so the, the total number is 140-something for five, but I haven't heard any guarantees yet now. Yeah. But between between that and the Chandler Jones deal and the other signings they've made, um, you know, it's it's most likely that they're going to have, you know, kind of operating on the margins when it comes to, to cap space, um, you know, getting some veterans that are on, on some, you know, team-friendly deals and maybe, you know, with what they're, they're building now with the roster, maybe guys that are later in their careers and, you know, maybe trying to add some rings to their collection, be more willing to take those type of deals on, on one-year contracts. So that's probably going to be more so the market that they're they're shopping in uh, moving forward from here. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're going to have enough to add like a guy like Collins or Trent Brown, but you know, Turner, Cannon, those guys are uh, affordable. All right, let's uh, let's roll with with uh, Nate S. Nate, you are on the stage. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, everybody's, you know, you know, excited that we got Devontae Adams and all, but I got to play, you know, Debbie Downer, you know. Oh, man. Ooh. Already? Come on, <laughs> man. got to be a little. But, uh, so, what you got? I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know how this stuff works, but, uh, could they have potentially waited, uh, kind of like for him to do the whole, like, hold out thing and, you know, not giving up the first and second round picks? I mean, I'm excited and all, but, like, you know. I'm, the Raiders have some holes. The first and second would have been nice, but that's all I got. I mean, they're not going to get him for nothing. They, 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 you know, Packers weren't going to cut him or anything. I mean, they, right. you know, the reason you franchise tag him is because even if he doesn't want to play for you, that franchise tag means you own his rights and you can you can use that to recoup some assets. So there's, I mean, there's no way they're getting him. They were getting him for nothing. He wasn't going to become a free agent. So if you want Devontae Adams, you got to give up a little something. And I mean, I think the price is uh, is fairly reasonable. And I, yeah, yeah, it's got you got the I best. The, the, the urgency on both sides, I think, was because you have to be able to you know to identify if you have a need. If you if you don't get Adams, if you whatever happens, you need to get a receiver now. So I think either the Raiders or the Raiders were in on Allen Robinson, so but that didn't work out. But either one of these teams has to make a move to fill that spot. If Adams is not your guy there, so I think that's why I do how to get done sooner than later. Yeah, I, mean, I think they would have picked a receiver with either one of their first or second round picks, anyways. Uh, but I mean, you got the best receiver in football, so <laughs> less need. Fuck them picks. <laughs> yeah, I, there's definitely like an advantage to like bringing them in like you know as soon as possible too. You know, and obviously you know when he bought the house, you know. You know, he might have already been a, I don't know. I don't know. He might have already been part of Raider Nation. But um, I'm going to leave you all one more question. So, you know, now that they – it seems like they have a plan instead of Gruden's a million plans. Um, and they obviously – McDaniels came over. You know, there's probably a couple players that, you know, that inspired him to come over. Maybe Derek Carr, but I'd say definitely like Crosby and Renfro. Do you guys have any other players that, like from the previous regime, that they like kind of really want to build around? Well, I'm sure he's excited about working with Darren Waller. I just don't know, you know, Darren Waller's going to want a new deal at some point. I'm not sure if this makes that 
impossible to do now that you've given the Adams all this money. But in the short term, you still have the top five tight end. I'm sure if you're McDaniels and you like, you know, the plays you're drawing up, having that kind of guy to use must be very exciting for him, I would think. Okay. Yep. I think like, you know, uh, like Josh Jacobs, he seems to be pretty favorable to him too. I know they're going to, like may they have to, you know, decide on a fifth year option, but I mean, either way it goes, like he's going to be on the roster this season. So I think that's another guy. Thank you guys. Uh, when are they going to bring back uh, Lynn Bowden to be the Julian Edelman of this offense? <laughs> there you are, Debbie Downer, man. Next, this guy out of here. Next, <laughs> Lynn Bowden. They got Hunter Renfro, man. They, they already got speaking, the white slot guy. Julian Edelman. Did you guys, you guys see his tweet earlier? He's he got that yeah, picture of Mark Davis yeah. sitting courtside with the uh, man's running yeah. the NFL. <laughs> uh, all right, Dustin F. Dustin, you better not be a Debbie Downer. Uh, no, I am not a Debbie Downer. <laughs> uh, I have some cornerback questions, though. Um, oh. are, the, are the Raiders still in on Gilmore, or now that they've uh, got Sin and Averett, uh, are they out on him? Yeah, I can't imagine they are. I, mean, I don't know for sure, but he was at one point he was wanting more than eleven million dollars a year, which I think that's been that's the reason why I think he's still on the board. So I can't imagine they have any kind of uh, I'm talking about the cap space they have left for the needs they have. I can't imagine that's still an option right now. All right, and then um, I really like the Averett kid. I watched the Ravens pretty close last year. Do you think he has any chance of beating out Sin or Mullen for the other starting spot? I think Mullen is the one that stands out to me is it seems like the pressure is on for him. Uh, I don't think you're saying, I don't think they trade for him if they don't aren't like a hundred percent sure he's going to be a starting cornerback this year, especially when you're giving up a good player like Unique Ngakwe. But, uh, you know, Mullen, you know, he's drafted by the previous staff. He only played five games last year due to injury. Um, he's been pretty good, you know, throughout his career so far, but I wouldn't say he's been great. So I think there's some room in there if, you know, uh, David has a strong training camp in, in preseason where he could push him for, for some of those starting reps. And even if not, you know, I, th- I think the plan under under Patrick Graham is not only to play, play a lot of nickel and obviously having Nate Hobbs on the field, but they're also going to be playing dime. I think last year they used you know mostly a third safety when they went to dime, but they could also throw an extra cornerback out there if they have three cornerbacks that they feel they can rely on. So whether he takes a starting job or not, I think having him could be a, a plus for him. Uh- I literally forgot about Hobbs, and he was freaking awesome last year. So that makes me feel better about cornerback. All right, thanks, guys. Bye, right, Take care. All right. All right. I got to run after one more question, guys, by the way. All right. But you yeah, Benjamin H., you, Benjamin H., you are the last one for Ted. So Ted's going to leave us after you. So make it good. Okay. I actually have uh, – if I don't do any monologuing, I'm just going to go right to the questions. <laughs> Two appetizers and an entree. I'll start with, the, but I'll start with the entree since that's the Ted question. We're all really excited. We're all really excited about Devonte Adams, me included. But I'd be curious to hear Ted speak to. I don't really know why he's so good. What is he really good at? What is he exceptional at? Well, what he's good at is he's extre- like one underrated trait I think for receivers, or one that you don't hear talked about a lot, is deceptive body language. Like, can you? convince a defender that you're moving left when you're moving right. And Adams is just a master at that, you know, and, and Justin Jefferson, the guy that's really good at that too, but he's not as good, a good of an athlete as uh, Devonte Adams. Um, so th- that's w- what part of makes him just impossible to press. He's one of the best receivers I've ever seen against press coverage. Uh, that's one of the reasons why he's so great at, at route running and one area that he's really going to help out the Raiders uh, in is the, the red zone. The Raiders were 29th in red zone efficiency last year, and at, you can't press him. So if, you, if you're going to press him in the red zone, he's going to get open. If you double him, then you're going to put a weaker defender one-on-one against Hunter Renfro, who's proven to be uh, pretty good there too, and, and Darren Waller. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I, I, I think – deceptive body language is where, you know, when you watch Adams run his route, you'll know exactly uh, what I mean by that. Okay. That's really helpful. Is he really, is he a fast runner? Like, is he a, you know, or do we still need to take the top off guy? Uh, I, I don't think his long speed is great, but he's so good at creating separation through his route running and his releases um, that he's able to beat guys deep. And, uh, you know, I don't think you need to uh, take the top off of, 
um, de- defense t- type of just speed guy because Adams is a deep threat. And it's not just because of his long speed, but, you know, he, he's able to beat defense deep because of uh, all his other traits and uh, savviness. Okay, Ted, you're dismissed. Say hi to your beautiful dog. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's complaining. He wants me to get out to the to the bar over here. But, yeah, I, g- good talking to you guys and uh, have fun for the rest of the pod. All right, bud. So, okay, if I could just sneak in two quickies. Um, uh, one of you mentioned earlier that Josh McDaniels is a top five play caller. Do we know for a fact that McDaniels is going to be calling the calling the plays as opposed to Lombardi? Yes. It definitely is, yeah. Okay. And then the other quickie, do you guys think that Jonathan Abram is going to be on this roster on opening day? Also, yes. I think because even if he isn't a starter, I think his money's guaranteed for one. So I don't think, like, especially since they're going to be operating on the margins really the rest of the way here, most likely, like, taking a, you know, what is it, maybe $3 million dead money hit just, just for no reason when I think he'd still be a useful player even if he minimizes his role to only being a, a box safety when you're in those alignments or, or certain sub-packages. Um, but I think that also may be a position where, uh, you know, going out and giving a starting safety, maybe you can find somebody like that for cheap, but, um, you know, maybe this, you know, the, the numbers getting crunched maybe helps Aben a little bit more in terms of keeping a hold on, on having a bigger role in, in the defense. Yeah, I think the Raiders are going to be a really good team. I think he's like a part-time nickel linebacker, I think, would be his role for me if I'm thinking this team is really going to be a, a, a top team this year. Yeah, okay. That's really helpful. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks, Benjamin. All right. JG, you're on the stage. This isn't Jay Gruden, is it? No. Hell no. <laughs> Although, although I was a, I was the Raiders fan back for the first turn with uh, with Gruden, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time back then. But uh, but no, guys, I I want to know what your floor and ceiling is for this team right now as it is constructed in this amazing, incredible, loaded up AFC West. I mean, what are, what should the Raiders fans be realistically expecting in twenty twenty two? Should they expect the playoffs, right? I they mean, just wrote it. I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm driving the uh, the bandwagon. I think the you know sky's the limit. I think if you add some pieces, you add a safety, a tackle. I think there's no reason you can't be a serious contender this year. I think that the offense will be elite. I think um, you know if you make some more good moves in free agency and a good couple draft picks, the guys can actually play this year. I think they have a really good team. Yeah, I think you know with them being a playoff team last year, like obviously there's, there's a little bit of like, they had six walk-off wins, you know, how much of that is translatable from year to year. But, you know, I think playoffs was always kind of the view for this year. Um, and, and obviously the move so far, have just solidified that, um, you know, barring, you know, you know, obviously it's football like injuries can change a lot of things and you never know how things are going to break with some of these teams that look good on paper. But um, as long as they can, can shore up that offensive line a little bit more and, and add some depth in a few other spots, um, I, don't, I don't see why they can't compete for the divisional crown. Okay, okay. What, one more question. One more question. I'll, I don't know. I'll hang up and listen. But um, what's the team in the AFC West that has done the most this off season to improve themselves? Uh, I would still say I'm leaning Chargers, just because um, their defense was. I know the Raiders defense gets, gets shit on a lot, but the Chargers defense was really bad as well. And I think, you know, adding Khalil Mack to go with Joey Bosa and signing J.C. Jackson to show up that secondary, I think if you can get their defense to being pretty good paired with, with Justin Herbert and some of the weapons on their offense, I think they probably um, got made the biggest leap. But I think the Raiders are kind of right there with them. Um, you know, it's, it's either between those two. I know the Broncos got Russell Wilson and, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, but I think either the, the Chargers or the Raiders are going to be the team to make the biggest leap. And those things were pretty even last year. I mean, it came down to you know, pretty much the final plays to decide which one of them got in the playoffs. So I think that's probably going to end up being more so, uh, at least right now on paper, I would think those two teams are going to be battling, um, you know, along with the Chiefs for that, that top spot. Yeah, I would have said the Broncos because they went from Bridgewater and Locke to Russell Wilson, which is a huge, huge leap. But you know, the Raiders just add the best receiver in football, so I'm going to go with the Raiders. Two future Hall of Famers, very likely. I mean, you add uh, who are still – I mean, Chandler Jones is, what, 32, but he's still young enough to, to get after it for a few more years. I mean, that's uh, – the Chiefs are the one team that really hasn't done anything, right? I mean, they've, you know, 
Honey Badger well, gone. They, they brought in safety. Justin Reed. The safety pretty good. They got uh, Justin yeah, Reed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but pretty I mean, that's, that's he comes in as as Tyron Matthew leaves, so it's like right. kind of a wash, yeah. right? I mean, that that that's move that's at best kind of I think probably a wash. Um, yeah, uh, they're uh, the only thing is like I mean. Their floor is they are the Chiefs. They're, they're, they're <laughs> already the fourth championship game. So, yeah. All right, thanks. All right, Jay. All right, man. Thank you. All right, Matthew P. Matthew, you're on the stage. Hello. Yep. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Um, my one question that I recently saw is, like, this trade. Do you think that it was kind of like not really? I feel like they didn't really give up that much for a guy like Devontae Adams. I know it's probably a question that's been told a lot, but do you think they could have got like a little bit more, maybe like a player on top of it? Packers definitely should have got more. Like, I mean, I if, feel if like the, if, yeah. I mean, if, I think the Packers are getting um, in, in some circles are getting. Are, you got to wonder, like, how if if uh, if you knew that the Raiders wanted him and he wanted to be a Raider, you would think they would have had a little more leverage to, to get more out of the Raiders. I mean, that for, from the Raiders' perspective, I mean, to me, it's a fantastic trade and one that you do in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's like a really great deal. And one of the things is, I know he's an amazing player. Like, we, a lot of people love Darren Waller, but obviously people are talking about, they have a lot of holes to fix, obviously. If they possibly traded him, I mean, he had an injury. He had, a, I would say, like a rougher previous season. What do you think they could possibly get for him in return? Like possibly some of the picks back? Um, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's something that they'll consider really. That's all for, I wouldn't foresee that. Like because even with Waller, like um, like he's on a really affordable tra- salary for one for a player his caliber, but also like I know there's been some talk about him having an extension and all that, but. There's a couple of years left on this deal, so even if, if they were at a situation where it was a crossroads, it's probably not coming this year. I mean, it's more so maybe a thing that maybe happens next year. Um, so I, don't, I would be very shocked if, if something like that came into the picture this offseason. Okay. It's one of the great values you have right now on the roster. There's not a lot of great values, but definitely is one. I, I don't know why you would uh, get rid of that value. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, well, thank you, guys. I appreciate your time. All right, bud. All right thanks, man. Um, all right. You got Pratik S. How you doing? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Uh, first of all, I think all four of you do a great job. And, uh, you know, it's all it's great to hear, like, the different perspectives. Um, I don't Thanks. know if this has been covered, but I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of, like, how the, the deal came about, right? Obviously, Devontae Derek's a unique situation. But, like, I wonder if, you know, the Rams kind of going for broke, you know, kind of got stuck in their minds or maybe the cap hitting 300 million the next couple of years made this more feasible, you know, just kind of talking through like if there is any one thing you can pinpoint that maybe, you know, made it easier for Ziegler, McDaniels, Mark Davis to pull the trigger on this. Thanks. I think it was just the being in the right place at the right time. I think uh, having that connection to their car and Devante have, and once Devante made clear he wasn't going to play under the tag, I think some alarms went off, I'm sure, in the Raiders' minds that maybe this actually could really happen. So, and in the end, like Matt Schneidman, our guy in Green Bay, is right. I mean, I mean, Adams chose Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. So I think that right there, I mean, that's kind of a trigger to the whole thing. So once that happens, uh, you do whatever it takes. I mean, like, like we were saying, the two draft picks are not that big a deal to me in terms of getting a guy like Devontae Adams. How do you – so uh, – that's perfect. Thank you, man. Uh, last question, a little was a small. Obviously, there are still some defensive holes, but do you think Patrick Graham kind of leans on guys he knows from the Giants, um, especially given his tendency to have a lot of big nose tackles and D tackles and, and stuff like that? Because, you know, I know that's something with uh, Solomon Thomas, for example, that doesn't quite fit the same mold. So, like, how do you think they even go about addressing that? Because, you know, like like Deshaun said earlier, like they're running on slim margins here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like he has he has history with with Chandler Jones, so that's an obvious connection. But um, you know, I, I'm not sure that's going to be like the the end all be all for him. Like if you look at nose tackle, for example, they got Bilal Nichols and um, Andrew Andrew Billings, who both can play nose tackle. And uh, the Raiders already had Jonathan Hankins, who used to play for the Giants. And you would figure with two nose tackles, he's probably not coming back. So um, you know, it doesn't mean everything for him, but you know, there, there are some guys out there. I know we've seen like Landon Collins get released recently, and I think Logan Ryan got 
released today. Yeah, I think Ryan. That's the guy to watch for me is Logan Ryan. I can definitely see him winding up here. Cool. Thanks, Thanks. Allison. Right. Okay, let's head over to Matt H. Matt, you're on the stage. Hello. Matt. Hey, what's going on? Hey, so uh, big question. So it seems like pass rushers aren't hard to find anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. And, you know, just yeah, thinking about kind of the last caller, like, you know, some of the bit players, like who are the guys that come in to bring in the hole, bring, you know, fill the holes, like, you know, the Quentin Jeffersons of the world, um, you know, maybe playoff Willie comes back. You know, is there any, kind of any talk about those guys and maybe the potential uh, backup quarterback situation? Yeah, I have no idea who the backup quarterback is going to be. I think that some of them already gone off the, the board already. So I, I don't imagine Mariota will come back. I think he wants to play, have a chance to play somewhere. So. I don't think the Nathan Peterman love will be there again this year because obviously John Gruden's gone. So, uh, but definitely they need one. But I think the key for there is no need to spend a lot of money there because Derek Carr has shown he's definitely not going to miss any games. So I think you don't have to spend a lot of money to back him up. Yeah, there's one backup that like stands out is Jacoby Brissett just from him yeah. playing with the Patriots, his rookie year, and having that, that experience with Josh McDaniels. But I don't. Like he may get like he may be too expensive for them. I don't know. Like he got five million dollars last year. Like maybe he could set again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy Dalton got ten million last year. Maybe he'll probably make five million this year too. So I don't know. His backups are getting kind of pricey now with this this quarterback market going up. But I don't know. Jacoby Brissett would be a good one if they can afford him. I like that one. Okay, no, perfect, guys. Thanks a lot. Enjoy uh, all the content you provide. Thanks, Thanks, man. Thanks. Dalton was signed as a QB1 member. They, they even tweeted it out. He's their QB1. Uh, QB1 so, for a fucking month before they <laughs> dra- traded picks to draft a quarterback. Uh, all right. Nick S. Nick S., you are on the stage. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I was just curious how, on the defensive side, I feel like linebacker hasn't been really addressed as of late, like through free agency so far. Um, I think maybe it was Deshaun that noted, like, it's Perman, Divine Diablo, and there's not really a lot of other players there. So is that something that uh, the Raiders tend to in the draft, do you think, or maybe clean up in free agency with someone like uh, Danny Trevathan? I don't think it's off the table for free agency. Um, I reported, like, before free agency started, they were they had some interest in bringing back um, Nick Murrow before he left for the Bears. Um and there's some some the linebacker classes in the free agency group is, is pretty deep. Um, the one that jumps out is Kyle Van Noy, a former Patriot. Um, they seem to always keep finding his way back there. Maybe he follows um, them out to Las Vegas. Um, you know, some other guys, uh, another Patriot, Juwan Bentley. Um, you know, Dante Hightower is also out there. So there's a few veteran linebackers that may not cost that much that maybe they convinced to come out west because. Um, even if, you know, we also don't know what the staff thinks of Divine Diablo. Um, you know, he came on as a starter late, late last season, but, you know, do they, is he the type of linebacker that they like? Usually the Patriots like those bigger, bulkier linebackers, especially in a 3-4. And Divine's a smaller guy, more of a speed guy, kind of similar to, to Corey Littleton. And so, um, you know, I don't know if he's like cemented as a starter either necessarily. So you would think that they would, uh, you know, look out to try to make some kind of move to add some some more linebacker depth. You know, after cutting Corey Littleton and, and Nick Kwiatkowski. You got to figure too. You got to figure too with the, with the Nassib and the Littleton cuts being designated post June first. You know, remember that's when how how much ex- they're going to get a bunch of extra cap space in June? About twenty million. Or so. Yeah. So I mean, it, 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 you you kind of figure that. A lot. Some of these holes are going to have to be okay. What are the value free agents that are still out there in June? I mean, we know there's, there's a lot of veterans that like to chill on the couch during OTAs and minicamp and and uh, don't mind signing until June. So there'll probably still be some quality, you know, decent quality players out there that once that extra cap space um, from from NASA and Littleton clears off the books, um, that they might be able to go out and get some guys in the summer. So it might be that the roster looks like it has some holes. Still going through the draft and, and free agency of this first wave, but when they get that extra room in June, you could see them fill some holes. Cool. Thank you. And then uh, one more quick one, and then uh, I'm out of here. But what are the chances of uh, someone like Gerald McCoy re signing with the Raiders? I, I guess uh, both questions are kind of defensive based. The interior of the defensive line, I know they signed Nichols and 
but someone like Gerald McCoy, a little more veteran, maybe give him another shot after the uh, unfortunate ending to his season. That's a good yeah. question. I have no idea. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not sure how much money he'd want, but uh, I think last year he got a decent chunk of change last year. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's definitely an option for guys who can fill out the roster as we get closer to uh, the training camp. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they, like I said earlier, they, they signed a couple of defensive tackles, but I think both of those guys are more so like nose tackles, run stoppers. Uh, Nichols, he does have some pretty good pass rush juice, but, like, he can play three technique, but you probably want – and three technique for people to know is just a defensive tackle that usually gets after the pasture a little bit more. Um, he can do it, but you probably want a true one. And well, there's a few guys out there. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name, but Matt Inadis, I think the guy that got released by the commanders. Um, All right. It seemed pretty good in the role. Sheldon Richardson is out there. Um, he's been really durable throughout his career. So I think there's some options that maybe won't cost that much that have probably been a lot more durable than, than Gerald McCoy has been, you know, as of late with, with some of the injuries that he's had. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. Thanks. All right. Nick. All right. We've been going for about 50 minutes. We'll, uh, we'll go for about another 10 more minutes, get it up to an hour here. So uh, we'll try to rifle through as many of uh, the people here still in the queue as we can. So we'll start with David D David, you're on the stage. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, man. Hey, so I got a quick two-piece for you. So do you guys think uh, they extend their car here really quick so that way we could free up some more cap money to potentially go after Honey Badger? Or do you think he's too expensive to where we probably go after Logan Ryan instead? And then the second one would be, do you think with uh, Adams uh, on board now that Jacobs becomes more deadlier because they got to open up the lanes? You're greedy, man. I mean, <laughs> man. I mean, we got. Man. Did you expect Adams? No, so you got to be greedy yeah. now. Close mouth don't yeah. get fed. Well, but Carl is a lot of signing bonus money up front, and then to get somebody like Matthew, that would be another like probably large signing bonus. Like I know Mark Davis is doing better, but I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of bread coming off top. We got to see what this Adams number is too. But um, you know, obviously, I, I think you know Carl getting his extension is a formality. Um, I know some people are going to have their gripes about what the number ends up being, but I mean, you saw what Kirk Cousins has got. It's probably going to be in that range. Uh, per it's, probably year. Not gonna be a two, it's probably not going to be a two year extension anymore. Probably yeah. gonna be a little bit longer yeah. now. It's going to cost a lot of money to keep Derek Carr, guys. Like, I, I know it grinds some people's gears, but I mean, having Devontae Adams you know, at receiver should make it, you know, go down a little bit smoother. But um, yeah, I, I feel like those top end free agents, I mean, I guess you never really know, but, you know, I feel like it's more so going to be those mid level, lower tier guys. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I know it's not as sexy or you may not know who that guy is until we write about it, but uh, that's kind of what the Patriots' bread and butter has been over the years. I mean, J.C. Jackson was an undrafted free agent uh, for, for some other reasons, but uh, you know, some of the guys that they developed over the years in their program were, were guys that weren't big names when they got there. So uh, some of these smaller signings can, can work out better than you think. I, I respect that. Do you think Logan Ryan's going to be expensive as well? Nah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I think so either. I was going to say, I wonder if Honey Badger would take less money to play the Chiefs twice a year. I think he must be upset about how that went down. So I wonder if that might be a way to get him in. Yeah, I think with him also, like, we have to see what happens. But I think if the Saints get Deshaun Watson, I think we might just see him go back home and sit down there somehow. I don't know. Some other options on the table for him. And then the second one was, do you think uh, Jacobs becomes more explosive now because we have Adams, and so the defense has to account for Adams? I think that's more about what this offensive line looks like. Because um, I think even if you are a pass-heavy offense um, and, and a team is spread out, you know you can still have issues running the ball if, if your offensive line sucks. So offensive line was pretty bad last year. Part of that was due to injury, but – um, you know, unless they have some really great development from guys like Alex Otherwood and Andre James and John Simpson, they're probably going to need at least one more starter at it, whether that's through free agency or to draft this offseason in order for that unit to improve. And so, I mean, it, you know, Jacobs, he was getting hit a lot of times before he got started last year. So it's kind of hard to put that on him. But I think he's going to need better blocking like the passing game, you know, being more lethal will help him. But I think for him to really get back to that, you know, rookie season type Josh Jacobs that we haven't seen in a while is going to take some improvement up front. Don't forget my guy, Denzel Good, man. Denzel Good's back, so that's also a good thing for that, for that O-line. 
This guy, Richie Incognito. Shit. Those Cavs, uh, what's the line? Those Cavs have seen some wars. Cavs have seen some wars. <laughs> you guys, All right, David, you guys appreciate do some it, great man. work. Right, Thanks, thank you, man. All right, Justin M. What's going on, Justin? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep, yeah. gotcha. Oh, awesome. Um, first off, I, I got to say, I'm really excited as a Raider fan for today. Today's awesome. And uh, it looks like the two picks, the first and the second, as far as draft capital is concerned, is a is a, a 13 overall. So it's basically three Cleveland Farrells, um, <laughs> which which I'll take. But um, let me ask you guys, you guys are in the building or in around the building and talk to all your sources. I'm just curious. You, you've been covering the team, Vic, for a little while. Um, just as far as excitement around Chandler Jones and these picks and Ziegler and McDaniel, I'm just curious, how does this year, how's this year different in terms of excitement level um, than in past years? I mean, I can imagine Gruden had the temperature up and everyone was excited about everything, but like real genuine buzz in the building. How does it feel out there any different this year than, than in, in previous years? I'll just say, I think the juice that both like Jones and Ams bring, that's like Jimmy said, there's two guys who are probably going to Hall of Fame and still kind of in their prime, especially Adam. So I just think um, that's got to bring everyone up to just a whole other level as far as excitement, looking forward to next year. They made big moves in the past. Some guys had definitely some nice resumes and some uh, you know reputations that were strong, but this is definitely different different level, I think. Adams is the best receiver in the league. His offense should be you know great. So I just think that if you're a Raider, uh, player or official right now, you got to be sky high. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the process of them like gaining confidence, like we, we talked from a player perspective, I think is what you're mostly asking about. Like, I think that a lot of that came from just what they pulled off last year, you know, making the playoffs after everything that happened. Um, I think that kind of, you know, they went into off season of uncertainty at the beginning just because they didn't know how the hierarchy was going to look. But I think now that they know what's in place and, and that's kind of stabilized and they've gotten to know those guys a little bit more, um, I, I think that confidence is coming back and it's only been, you know, supercharged by you know, the additions that they made with Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and, and some of the other guys and you know, the guys that will come throughout the rest of the offseason. And so I think they're kind of getting back on that track, that, that foundation that they set, you know, last year making the playoffs and now they had a confidence that they, that they can go out there and achieve more. And I think, you know, not only the additions they made, but, you know, they, they almost beat the Bengals, went on to make the Super Bowl. I know that, that stuff doesn't always change from year to year, but they didn't just make the playoffs, but they were they were pretty competitive, even though they, they were a first-round, you know, exit once they got there. So I think it's, you know, kind of building on, on what was there before, even though it's new people in charge. Yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. I'll, uh, I'll hang up on this on this note, but if you just one, one parting question for you guys. Does all these signings, these super signings and, and what have you, does this attract other veteran players? And if so, are they more likely to take cheaper deals to, to fit their way into this, into this team? Thanks a bunch, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think definitely if you are a player who's still on the board, you're not going to get the top money that you maybe thought you might have gotten. So now you're looking for you know, winning. You're looking for a team you can fit on and make a difference and contribute to being you know, part of a playoff team. So I imagine if Vontae Adams gets on the phone and gives you a call, be pretty excited about that as far as your options, where you want to go. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, thanks. Yeah, I mean, guys. Really and Vegas, Vegas is already kind of. I mean, it's yeah. The, the market, the the, the income tax, the uh, new stadium, the the facility. I mean, there's already a lot of attractive things to like about you know about the Raiders, about Vegas, about what they're building. So uh, I mean, they're they're already they already have a lot of pluses in their favor, and uh, now this just just gives them more, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I tell you what. I, the last thing I'll say is I really feel I feel like I became a K-pop fan recently because of knowing that the, the all these uh, BTS concerts that are going to show up in Allegiant Stadium are going to end up in <laughs> Devonta Adams' pocket. <laughs> wow, that's a good connection. I like that one. All right, guys. Thanks. Go. All right, take care, bud. Later. All right, we'll try to get to a couple more here. Uh, we'll go with Tim O. Tim, how you doing, man? You there, Tim? Hey, can you hear me? Hey. Yeah, yeah. No. What, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking Guinness. It's St. Patty's Day. There you go. There we go. Uh, I got the same yeah. Thing. Yeah. So um, I guess I have two questions. Number one is, do you think that the Raiders still need to 
um, get a deep threat um, for their offense, or does Devontae Adams solve that problem? And then number two is, uh, you know, how close do you think they are up to the salary cap? I mean, do you think they're pretty much done now signing players? And uh, how, how much more money are they going to have after June 1st to address all those deficiencies that they still have on the roster? Think, um, on, the, on the deep threat, no, I think Devontae Adams is a, a legitimate deep threat. Um, but they, you know, outside of Tyron Johnson, I would say, is really their only, like, when you say a, a pure speed guy, is probably the only guy they have on the roster that fits that mold. And so um, he hasn't really been able to put it all together as a receiver so far in his career. Matt Collins, who they signed, is more of a big, bigger body red zone type. And so maybe that's something in the later rounds of the draft or, you know, a bargain bin guy that they try to go get. Maybe they still, you know, feel like they need a burner. But I don't think that they necessarily need one from, from play to play. I think Devontae Adams shouldn't have any issue, you know, stretching the field. Um, in terms of the cap situation, it's kind of hard to pin down. Um, like right now, over the cap has them at like 28 million, which factors in Chandler Jones, but it doesn't factor in the Devontae Adams deal. Or I don't even think they have Bilal Nichols in there yet, and a few others. So it's really hard to see what that number is. Like I don't think they're in a situation where they're like over the cap now. Um, you know, and, and need to make some cuts to get back under. Um, but it's more so something we're gonna wait and see specifically where they're at. Um, in terms of June 2nd, right now with, with Littleton and um, uh, NASA coming off the books, they'll be basically a sh- right basically right under $20 million is what they'll get. And, um, you know, that may end up being, you know, they may use a good chunk of that money on signing their draft picks or maybe handing out extensions later, <laughs> but it could also be used to, you know, sign some veterans that are still sitting around because, you know, while a lot of the focus is on this week, uh, you know, every year there's there's some players that kind of surprise you that they're still still available um, into June. I think Jadavion Clowney, I think last year didn't get signed until uh, the summer months too. So there'll probably still be some guys on the board that would be good players for them that they, they could go get once they get that extra space yeah. this year. All right, appreciate it, cool. Tim. Uh, uh, I'm checking out the chat and. Uh, you get, the uh, there, there's currently a debate going. Uh, who benches more between Vic and Tashawn? So uh, there's they're, they're doing some voting on in there, so you guys can go check it out if you want to see. How did uh, that become a <laughs> debate? Have these people ever seen Vic? <laughs> like if the Raiders needed like 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 Vic has like prototypical like right tackle size. I mean he's like six four. Mike Tice wanted you. Mike Tice yeah. wanted you in there. Yeah. Jim every day, man. You're posting videos of your workouts. I'm sure you'll be close, yeah. probably. I don't know, man. I might get washed in that one. <laughs> All right, guys. We've been going for about an hour here. Uh, it's been a it's been a, a fun day, a long day. I know I still got some more work to do, so I think we're going to wrap <laughs> one last, this up. One last one. One, one last one. one. All right. One, we'll go with Jess A. No pressure. Yes, yes. You're on. You're on the stage. No pressure. Close this out. Your last one, dude. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. I appreciate I appreciate you guys doing this because it distracted me from UCLA almost <laughs> uh, choking this uh, choking this first round away. Um, a lot of people have already touched on kind of what I was going to ask, but I think the thing that I keep going back to in this move, I appreciate you guys doing this. By the way, huge fans of all you guys, all your work. Um, the thing I keep going back to is I think that Gruden, um, whatever you want to call it. Uh, is such a benchmark moment in the history of this franchise. I think what this move suggests, um, basically everything that's happened since then is is the Raiders pivoting into becoming this legitimate, um, um, uh, what's the word, uh, competent franchise. And we're seeing that kind of unfold throughout our, you know, you know, right in front of us. My question for you guys is, you know, people have been asking this. Um, I, I'm really kind of trying to put you guys on the spot here. If you had to say, there's one thing that the Raiders, if they do this one thing, uh, like Vic, like Vic would maybe say, uh, bet bet the house on uh, on them to to take the title. What would you guys say? Mm. I think we're all said that getting a, a really good right tackle of us, yeah. a veteran guy who's solid at right tackle, you don't have to worry about no 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 risks. Like Leatherwood could be good, but you know who knows. But you can't take that risk right now. You got to get a, a established. Proven guy at right tackle you can count on. To me, that's the biggest thing right now. Right. Yeah, I don't know if there's one move uh, 
where I'd say like, you know, go down, go down to the strip in Vegas and bet all your money on the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> like, I think they're in it now, but like, I still think the AFC West is gonna be hell on earth. Like, as terms of division, like, I, for me, it's like the clear, you know, leader in terms of being the best division in football. So it's gonna be a dog fight, you know, almost all of those matchups most likely, and so. Um, you know, I, I just think that division is too good. And I think the AFC in general right now is looking like the stronger conference between the two. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough road. And I'm not saying they can't pull it off like like Vic wrote today, but um, be some tight games in there. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. division's insane. The, the the conference is insane. I mean, it's like we said, uh, you know, I mean, the Broncos go out and add Russell Wilson. And I mean, I, I haven't seen what the updated odds are. I know they after they got him, they shot up like really high in terms of Super Bowl odds. I mean, they might they might fall back down after these moves to being back to, you know, favored to be fourth place in the division. And I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, so it's just but I mean, if you were to say one move. Yeah. Like Vic said, if they get a right tackle, then you start feeling pretty good about yourselves. Um, but uh, I mean, it's, it's just going to be a fun season. That That's what we know is that all of those divisional games are now going to be so much fun because there's going to be so much talent on the field and it's going to be, what's the max? I think the max, at least for the, um, when they set the schedule is, um, is five games on primetime. I mean, you, you got to feel like all five AFC West teams are going to get five primetime games or four or something like that. It's going to be a lot. That was, the, yeah, I mean, that was my first style. Was, we got to get these NFC East games off primetime. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Get those off. I there. mean, the Raiders, they've had like four <laughs> primetime games both of my two years on the beat. So they already had a bunch of them, but you figured that yeah. might, yeah. I don't know if it's possible. Maybe it goes up this year. Well, I appreciate right. it. Uh, again, you guys uh, been with, uh, been a Raider fan for over 25 years. And uh, I, I really feel like this is the signal that I think a lot of us needed to see to kind of really buy in on this new regime, really have the optimism of the future kind of restored and, Hopefully, uh, hopefully for some of us who have who weren't there for the glory days, maybe we'll be able to see some of those those days come back. So again, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's a great day celebration for for Raider Nation. So again, I appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. All righty, y'all. Well, uh, uh, you guys have uh, have plenty of stuff to write about. Um, not necessarily the draft. The draft's going to be a little bit of a snoozer now with uh, with no picks until round three. But you uh, you guys can go. Everybody can hang out and just kind of enjoy uh, the scene of the draft now. It's going to be in Vegas, even though the Raiders won't be uh, participating for a while. But, uh, man, big day for the Raiders. Big day for Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler. Derek Carr finally gets his guy. Um, should be uh, should be a fun season. Should be a fun rest of this offseason. See how else they can uh, put this uh, put this roster together. Yeah, man. Thanks mm-hmm. for everybody coming on today and everybody for reading all our stuff, man. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate y'all. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.